All right. Thank you, Hannah. You're awesome. Well, we are excited to today to uh, do what we're going to do a lot more of, and that is give a report of what the Lord's doing, uh, did in Romania today. Next week, we'll hear a testimony uh, about, uh, who's, who's his next week? Huh? Yeah, Katie Furman's going to share next week, and then the following week, uh, Rachel Austin, who's not here today, will share a testimony about uh, her experience, because she can be here today to share with us uh, from the Romania trip. And so, uh, man, we're so excited. But let me, let me give a little direction that the Lord's given me in re- uh, regarding these testimonies. You know, we, uh, Will and I, the elders, we've been talking about the fact that, you know, we talk a lot about abiding in Christ, which, by the way, Hills, that's experiencing God. Uh, I'll t- oh, that's right, I'll give you the book. Uh, so it's abiding, abiding in Christ, which is coming to know God by experience through obedience. Right, it's seeking God's will. It's being diligent to be in His Word every day. It, it begins there, you know, seeking God in His Word. But even if we're not faithful in the Word, God still speaks. Sometimes through circumstances, sometimes through other believers, because He wants us to know Him, and so He speaks and He gives us guidance. And so uh, we want that to be the stories that we tell today. The story is about God. The story we have today uh, to tell today is all about how God started something that God's going to finish. And how we're following him one uh, step at a time, one moment at a time in this process. So it's a great story. It uh, started last, uh, oh, by the way, let me just read this because this is from this morning. Y'all know how God sometimes, uh, oftentimes, will confirm for myself or for Will when he's up here. um, The things that he wants us to speak on or to confirm that what we're doing is his will. This was this morning. uh, And I didn't have much time to read this morning because... I was busy doing other things. Didn't have much time to, to do the normal. We, the worship team meets in here in the mornings for a half an hour or so. Uh, but my time was interrupted by other things today, putting signs up and protecting the children from the glass that's about to break through, those kinds of things. But God's faithful. Listen to what he said this morning. Um, I will, and this was uh, in Jeremiah, I think. No, it was in Psalm. And I don't remember which Psalm I didn't write it down. I think 78. I will, I will uh, utter sayings from old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from, our, from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done, that they might know him, that they might set their hope in God, that they might keep his commandments. And should not be rebellious like their fathers. Which is some of you, but no. It's really Israel's fathers, right? And then uh, another devotional this morning. uh, A.W. Tozer's devotional this morning. He said this in the first sentence. Spiritual experiences must be shared. The impulse to share, uh, to impart, normally accompanies any true encounter with God and spiritual things. We are impelled to tell someone so that they can share the same grace that we enjoy. So there's a word from the Lord this morning for us to, right, perk up our spirits, listen to what the Lord has to say uh, regarding this trip. This trip is not in any way uh, planned by us, put together by us. Everything that we tried to plan fell to pieces. Even the team that was working for the camp uh, that we ended up doing, it all started falling to pieces, right? (laughs) To the last minute, people couldn't meet, they couldn't get together, uh, schedules wouldn't allow it and God and I had plenty of time and God kept telling me in my quiet time every day day after day don't touch it don't touch it I got it so this was a very different trip for me to go on a mission trip and to go with nothing I mean Aaron can tell you when we go to Honduras I have stacks of stuff that I'm just ready to go you know this was not one of those trips and our team uh, you know Lizzie put some things together the Lord allowed her to do right at the last minute that ended up being all we needed but the trip actually started last August. Most of y'all know that my mom and dad were in a car accident. Uh, both of them were in, in the hospital. My mom was in ICU in Lafayette. And a buddy of mine, John Reeve, uh, old, could call them roommates because they lived right next door to us, but we shared a, a middle room and we just 
ate out of each other's cabinets, even though we we're married couples. But an uh, old friend of ours and roommate of ours is a worship leader at First Baptist in Lafayette. And so he found out that my mom was in ICU. He came up to visit. We had a you know, normal visit, prayed over my mom. We walked out of the ICU room, and he stayed for a while. And we started visiting, and he asked, what you, how's the ministry going? Well, I had just gotten back from Honduras. And that was a whole other experience with God. God spoke for us to do that. The elders, we hadn't been there in three years. We started praying about it. The week that the elders started praying about it, Dario called from Honduras and said, hey, would y'all consider coming up here? Called Aaron and asked if we'd consider coming up there. And God began to speak that. And so we went to Honduras. And when we got there, y'all will remember the story that I shared that Dario was no longer working for XMA and was available, um, was needing, was in need, really, of financial support. And we had already talked before we went down there of asking him if he would be willing to pour into the pastors in Honduras for us and be our gathering place uh, network person in Honduras. And so it all fell together just the way the Lord planned. And I was already planning a trip back uh, because we came back and God provided miraculously. And I was planning my trip back to begin to, to meet face-to-face with, with Dario for a week or so just to talk out the details of that, make sure we were on the same page theologically and all of our, and the distinctives that he, he was good with those because God had already given us that um, and so uh, so I was get, I was preparing to go back and the week before six days before my flight out to Honduras to meet with Dario my mom was in ICU life threatening injuries and, and but anyway so John shows up and we start talking about that I said man I'm really excited we're, we're planting churches in Honduras we have ten churches 10 pastors that we're meeting with to plant churches in Honduras. And uh, all that was just God, just putting it all together. And John said, are you serious? I said, yeah. He said, man, we, we've been working in, in Romania with this orphanage. It started out as an orphanage, and now it's a school and kind of a uh, humanitarian uh, aid facility. And we were just talking that it's time. We have some kids that are coming into the high school years and it's time for us to do something spiritual with them, a more, more spiritual development. So we were thinking about possibly do, doing church planting. He said, but we don't know anything about that. He, he said, would you pray about doing that? Well, of course we did. And the elders, you know, we were all in agreement that we needed to do it. So we went to Romania. So that's God putting it together. I had, Romania, wasn't, I didn't even know where it was. I, I, I had no clue of what the people were like or... Uh, what the needs would be there or I just knew that, that God spoke and we needed to pray and, God, and, and as we did God led us to go and so uh, from the very beginning this has been God God put that together by the way also at the same time July and August when we we're going through the book of Acts last year you know we were making it through one, one book one chapter at a time and the chapter that we were on when all this started happening this, these ministries started opening up y'all will remember what, what we were studying was Paul and Barnabas being sent out by the church to take the distinctives of the Holy, that the Holy Spirit had taught them in Jerusalem to other places. And that the same distinctives were being given to these churches in every place that Paul and Silas went, and Barnabas went. And so all that's happening at the same time. We were, and then I'm feeling the urge to be a Paul. And, and now I am a Paul. You know, we've transitioned our ministry because of what God spoke during that time. And so now we're planting churches. This is what I do full time. And you guys have been supportive of that. And, and you're supporting us to, to be able to do that full time. So all that happened at the same time. It's just God opening up the doors. So I'm going to briefly tell you just a couple of things from my first trip there. Because uh, it's amazing what the Lord did if I can keep everything together. I've got journals here uh, with stories, and I've got so many different ones with different stories. This is the one I need to start with. So the day before uh, I leave for Romania to go and do a, uh, this is me by myself going with John, uh, my friend from Lafayette, to go look at the place, get on the ground, Ask the Lord what his plans are for us. I've learned that a long time ago. You go to a place, it's never what you think it is. Right? How many of y'all been on mission trips and you showed up and it was totally different? Yeah. And so 
We just need, I just needed to go get my feet on the ground. I felt like the Lord spoke that, and they were gracious. To, another child foundation was gracious to cover my expense, and so it didn't cost me anything, and so I went. And I spent all day of the traveling day, which is a long traveling day, right? Can I get an amen from the Romania crew? They're long traveling three days on the way back. Uh, I spent all day, the, day, uh, the traveling day, uh, studying and, and thinking. And as we were beginning to look at, at God's work for us there, I was reading in my daily readings. I happened to be in the book of Judges. And I happened to get that day on the story of Gideon. I can't tell you how overwhelming it is to, to feel the responsibility and the weight of God taking us in our ministry to another country for the first time. To feel the heaviness of that and to know, not know what we're going into, but predicting that there's going to be a lot of bondage because of the, the, the legalistic church culture that exists in Romania that I knew was there. And there was no surprises there. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midi- to the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. And the thought that, that came to my mind was, God, you want us not to be able to boast, so it makes sense. It makes sense for you to send a few uh, people from a scattered, tiny little church to another country to do something that will affect a whole country that has the potential to do that. And so I felt the, the hand of God on that. Then the next morning, I'm reading, and, and this is what God does. God gives Gideon the opportunity in the next chapter to go down to the enemy's camp. This is after he's, you know, Gideon has been convinced that he's supposed to be the leader of Israel to go against the Midianites. And God tells him to go down into the camp and listen. And he goes and listens to the tent of one of the warriors. And he hears, that, he hears the fear in their hearts. He hears that, uh, that they are scared that, that uh, they're going to be defeated. And God did that to give Gideon more cons- confidence, even though Gideon didn't need the confidence. But he was going to attack with 300 men armed with jars and torches, the biggest army that Israel had ever faced. So God let him listen. And I got a word from the Lord that morning that that was my job, was to be in Romania for this trip and to listen, to listen to what God would say to me to listen to the people that he put before me, to hear what the Holy Spirit would highlight for me out of the different people that I spoke to. And so that's all I did. I didn't go over there with an agenda. I, didn't, I went over to listen. And God arranged the opportunity for, to meet, for me to meet with four pastors and, and with a, the, another Child Foundation staff and with a young man uh, who I'll share a little bit about here in just a second. So... God was speaking to us that we needed to listen. That's what we did, what I did the first time I went up. Now, the only thing, the other thing I want to share with you is, all right, here, here was my expectation. I met with a pastor. Of, we went to a church on Sunday. The church was like this. We walked in. They gave us coffee. They didn't have Harlow's Donuts, but they will. If they're going to be a Gavin Place church, right? No. Probably be bad by the time we sent them over there. But they had, they had coffee. Uh, you know, we walked into a place like this, a little auditorium with chairs they were singing our songs in another language so I was singing out loud in harmony in English and it didn't sound great but it sounded like something and it was awesome awesome experience I had a great experience there and so I wanted to meet with that pastor later in the week because the pastor of that church wasn't there but that morning listen the guy that preached that morning preached out of John chapter 15 if you abide in me and I in you now, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man abides in me and I in him, he'll produce much fruit. What are the chances? I got goosebumps just now, again. That's what he preached on that morning, and he ha- handled it well. Uh, and so, man, I knew, all right, God, you're in this. I'm listening. I'm listening. You're, you're saying you're in this. You, you want this message in this country. And, it's, and people will receive it. And so I didn't get to meet with that pastor, but I met with him, with the pastor of that church, I met with him later in the week and thought he was going to be the one thought, man, we're so like-minded. He received everything we said. He needed some help with small groups. We've got great small groups. Uh, and so I thought, okay, that, there's a door. Met with another pastor for lunch that day. And that pastor I didn't get a great feel from. 
he was a Baptist, the pastor of a Baptist church, which I didn't even know they had in Romania. Glad I got my feet on the ground. He's a, he's a pastor of a Baptist church. Uh, we, we spent a little time with him over lunch. But when we started talking about grace, he was a little, he was a little questioned. He, he didn't know. He had never heard about the imputed righteousness of Christ, which, okay, I went all the way through seminary, PhD, had not heard about the imputed righteousness of Christ. Nobody was teaching that. Okay, so us old guys, we, we we're having to learn that if you didn't grow up in other denominations, other concepts. Uh, some, some Baptist seminaries were teaching it, but not in the South. And y'all know that. When we start talking about that, God, that Jesus' righteousness is given to us as a free gift, that's not something that people around here understand. They think we've got to work, 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 work to get approval from God. Right? They, they, he didn't show any signs of understanding that. He would say, yes, but, yes, but, yes, but. Yes, but works. Yes, but works. Yes, works happen. It's, it is the fruit of abiding in Christ when you receive his free grace. And so we talked about that. He seemed a little resistant. I was going to meet with him one other time when, on this second trip because he, was, um, he had a Roma pastor, which is very rare uh, that the Roma people and the, uh, and the Romanians mix. All right? But that's the population that God's called us to work with. But he had one that was an elder in his church, and they had just planted a church with that elder from his church. And so I thought, well, we need to reconnect with him because maybe I can connect with his elder and we can find out how to do this in another, another community. So uh, I, I met with him, had that meeting. I met with the pastor in the community where the Point of Hope Center is. By the way, the Point of Hope Center is just a, like I said, it's a, it's a school. They do preschool and then they do before and after school care and they feed two meals a day and wash clothes for children in a Roma community, of, a, a community of Roman people that have squatted in this, in this area, about 2,000 families. And they have about two to 300 uh, children that are involved in this, in this ministry. And so they come and they get education. The, the goal is to try and keep them in school because usually those kids will drop out of school by the sixth grade. And so they've been working with them for years. And, and they wanted spiritual development in that context. So we met with a pastor in a Baptist church in the town where this is, and there was nothing. Matter of fact, there was resistance to even have anything to do with those people, and I felt the prejudice. And he's the only one I felt any prejudice from. There's one pastor in the community, in a small church of, that meets in his home, and he has about 50 chairs. It, it, it's about the size of, our, of where we started this church in the office building here. So we, his, he had them all packed in there and had open windows. He said, you know, they pack it full. But it's, that's all they can hold is 50 people. 2,000 families, and they, they can hold 50. And that's the only uh, church in that whole community for those people. And so God definitely spoke. You know, there's a need here for churches. And there's a need here for churches in homes, not building more buildings. There's no place for buildings, but there's a need for churches in homes, which God has already spoken for us to do. And so we saw that. God spoke about that. So the three things that we came away from uh, Romania to do when we first went was God definitely was opening the door for me to work with Romanian pastors in the city to help them with small groups. All right, that's all I knew. To help them to understand how to, to do a gathering place in a home. And all the distinctives from the gathering place could happen in a home. Okay, all those things that God's told us the church is, showed us in the book of Acts, showed us, you know, we've been doing this for years, that that could happen in these homes. And then those homes could all meet together for worship or they could just meet in homes for worship, however the Lord leads. And then that we would also work with the, the Point of Hope Center to develop an ongoing curriculum for those children uh, that, that they would, um, every week they would hear a Bible story and they would hear how that person in the Bible story, the main character, was abiding in Christ, or abiding in God, and, and using the abiding cycle, show them this is what God said, this is where they obeyed, this is what God did, and this is what they learned about God. It's very simple. All right, so we, we knew we needed to do that when I got back. So that would be for them. It would be an ongoing, one, one, time, one story a week, but at a spiritual aspect consistent with what would happen in these churches. 
consistent with also with what would happen in the city with the pastors. So that was the message that God gave us. Uh, and, and, and so we came home, started praying through all that. Uh, and now they annually, they do trips to Romania, mission trips. Uh, another child foundation sponsors these trips. And so they asked us if we were interested in going, and immediately I said yes. And then I came to you guys and said, hey, would, would there be some people in the church that would be willing to go? I asked Lizzie to head a team that would write curriculum for a week of Bible stories. That there, our, our job at the camp with these kids would be to teach Bible stories uh, and to teach the abiding cycle. Get them in the routine. So they were able to have, what, four lessons? Four lessons on abiding. All right, so we got our team together and we went. Now, I'm going to show you some pictures, just let you see some quick, get you, give you a little feel of what it looks like there. But I'm not going to talk about these pictures. I'm just going to show them. Ben, ben will show these slides with a little music behind it. Let you look at it, and then different ones that were on the team are going to come up and share a story about how they were abiding in Christ, what God said, what they did, uh, what God did, and how they came to know God through that. Okay, so this. All right. So uh, I, let me just tell you the, where we are in the pictures, and then I'll ask uh, our people to come. Lizzie, you can come first and, and share. And then uh, we'll just go down the line. Lizzie, Kaylee, in order. Aaron, Rachel. All right? So, I mean, if, if you have something to share. If you don't, then see where you are. You better have something to share, right? No? Yeah, okay. Figured you would. God said so. All right, so, so what we did is uh, they uh, were able to get 40 of the kids to come to this, to an, uh, a facility that's about, what, two and a half hours away from the Point of Hope, the community where these children live. All these children live in poverty. They all live in, uh, you know, in a, a very, they're, they're at-risk children. Uh, they live, you know, in the community behind the Point of Hope Center. So they have connections with the Point of Hope Center. And so they were able to speak to parents and it just basically based on some of it on merit and their work at the, at the uh, Point of Hope Center, but also some of it based on the, the, the parents' willingness to allow them to go. Uh, but it's totally paid for by gifts from, uh, to, to another child foundation. It's totally paid for for all these children. Kids are sponsored. We each sponsored one child as part of our fee to go. Um, so uh, we, we took them away. So this camp that you're seeing is probably the nicest camp facility I've ever been to in my life. I mean, it was fantastic. I don't even want to talk about where the girls stayed. It was like timeshare. It was beautiful. But, uh, so these kids had an experience of a lifetime. But, it, but uh, this is not, they're not in their element. I have a couple of pictures that I sent, maybe you didn't get them, uh, that we can show later. That'll show you more where their element is, okay? We took a couple of pictures there previously. Uh, so our goal that week from the gathering place was that our team of people would, would bring the message of abiding in grace and the gospel, the simple gospel, and touch the elements of community however we could, simple community however we could. And so a big part of that was what uh, Lizzie was leaving our, uh, Lizzie and who else was with you in that class? Lizzie and both Rachels uh, in the classroom. And then I'll let the others share what they did. So let's just go in order. If y'all want to come, just tell your, tell your part and uh, give your testimony. And then I'll bring it, bring it to a head at the end. Okay. Well, first of all, the trip was amazing, and so I'm going to try to, I've been praying the last couple of days of what I needed to share, and just kind of like Glenn shared this morning about how he had confirmation, I kind of had the, the same confirmation this morning of, of the direction to share with you guys. Um, first, let me tell you what God showed me overall on the trip, and then I'll tell you how that happened. Um, and he just reminded me again and again on the trip about truly abiding in him for every single moment, not getting ahead, not lagging behind, but staying right in step with where he was leading. And uh, 
that's so hard for me to do always. I'm such a planner. My task was to teach for the week. And in my classroom, I'm a fourth grade teacher, uh, I like to think through the scenarios of where they're not going to understand. How can I make this clear? How can I engage them? What activities can I do to really uh, uh, apply this to their lives? And when you don't speak the language and you're relying on a whole other person to translate and communicate what's in your heart and mind, that takes it to a whole new level of trusting in God. And uh, God was showing me, like, you're not all that. I'm all that. Like, you know, you've got to show me. And so that I have to let him show me. So this morning, so going into it, we knew we wanted to teach the kids how to abide and that God was like, once, like a friend to us, wants a relationship with us. He has characteristics just like we do that we can know about him. Um, so this morning in uh, my utmost, uh, first of all, one line is, but if you allow him to take you to the end of your own self-sufficiency, then he can choose you to go with him. And I was like, well, yeah, that kind of sums up what I learned. But then the rest of it kind of talked about... Uh, having a relationship with God. The most important aspect of Christianity is not the work we do, but the relationship we maintain and the surrounding influence and qualities produced by that relationship. That is all God asks us to give our attention to. And it is the one thing that is continually under attack. So um, we just really wanted to portray that to the kids that like God wants a relationship with you. It's not this faraway concept. He's close to you and he wants to know you. He wants you to know him. Um, so all that being said, the weeks leading up to uh, the trip, it was like nothing was rolling with the planning. You know, being able to meet was hard with everybody. Nothing was clicking. It wasn't going. It was like trying to figure out what to do. And so I just kept praying, 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 praying. And um, God used some scripture and a song that I think we sang it last week where it talks about not having uh, our own agenda. Um, and so that song really, God spoke to me because it was like, okay, you have your agenda and you need to throw that out the door. I have my agenda. And so it was like, we met one week, uh, Rachel Austin, Rachel Britt and myself, and we kind of nailed down the people we were going to talk about in our Bible studies, but that was about it. And then about three days before, God finally gave me what he wanted us to take, which was a very simple skeleton of the abiding cycle for them to use and learn. And for me, that's freaky. <laughs> like, you know, I want to be prepared. I want to be, you know, ahead of the game. But God was like, just stay with me. And so we get there, and the day before the first Bible study rotation, I just kind of looked at the Rachels, and I was like, okay, I don't know where you are, but God is just telling me, this is what we're doing. We don't really have to have a plan. Just rely on him throughout the whole thing. And they're looking at me like, yeah, we agree. We feel the same way. And so um, it was just constantly relying on God for every moment and what he wanted to say, how he wanted us to say it, um, and what we wanted to do. Now, uh, so that's kind of like what I learned. One of the most amazing things that I saw through that was, um, I don't know if you saw the tree, or the picture of the tree. So the first day, each kid traced their hand and wrote a character trait about themselves. And they got to share and kind of get to know. We got to kind of know them. Um, and we did a hand as well. And each group, each... Uh, all the kids are split up into four color teams, and so each branch represented one color, and we put them up there to show that we are all abiding, we are all the fruit. Um, and so that was like a good, fun visual. But the purpose of having them write their character traits on their hand was that all week long we were going to see what are God's character traits that these people in the Bible learned. And it was just so simple and so awesome for them to understand. The second day, we really showed them what it means to abide. And we looked at Moses and um, the story. Um, what story did we do about Moses? Oh, yeah, the, the staff. And then we, in some of the groups uh, that were older, 
they had a lot of background knowledge on Moses, so we got to take it a little further to him providing the manna and everything, and that was cool. But anyway, so uh, our translator, her name was Evelyn, she was totally who God wanted in that spot. There were several other translators. People, uh, there were some translators that ended up not being able to make it, and so we were short translators. And, I mean, there was nobody better that God could have had in that spot. Um, the day we were really talking about the abiding cycle, at one point she goes, okay, let me just explain it to them and review. And she stands up, and it was just like, without sounding cheesy, it was just like this holy moment because she's standing up next to our abiding visual and she's like speaking in Romania to the kids and she's going through it and you can tell like she gets it. She understands. She's going through and you feel like you can understand it. And maybe uh, when Rachel Austin shares, she took a video of her explaining it. Um, and it was just like God was totally using what we had to share, not only for the kids, but mainly, I think, for her and some of the other adults in, their, in that culture to be able to see what it means because she's a believer. And um, so that day after uh, when we had a little break, it was cool a cool moment because she was like, this has totally happened in my life. You know, and she's pointing to the abiding cycle and she said, and she shared like three stories throughout the week or, or more about how, you know, God had worked this way. And so it was just amazing to see how I was so worried about the kids being able to understand, but God had already taken care of it. You know, he had already put Evelyn as our translator because um, I don't think that she was originally going to be in there. Like, it was totally a last minute, okay, well, you got to go there. And uh, to see that she truly was getting those truths was just amazing to see because I had nothing to do with that. And it was nothing that I could boast about. It was all just trusting God and allowing him to guide what we say and what we do. Um, so all that to say, the kids got over and over throughout the week a simple message about what it means to abide in God. And we connected it to their lives as well as we could. Um, and like Glenn said, the camp that we were at was beautiful. It was just like this utopia of beauty. I mean, it was in the mountains. The weather was phenomenal. It was just beauty everywhere. But then when we went to their neighborhood, you got to see, yeah, they really need to know what abiding means, just like I do, just like you do, because it's not this beautiful place that they live. They live in a real difficult lifestyle and, um, but just to see the joy that God is placing in their hearts and through these kids, uh, was awesome. Uh, is there anything else I should share? Oh man, just one? Uh, yeah, so... Like, God has taken me through a lot of experiences in my life where I've known him as provider, like, financially. And I can go back to these times and, like, okay, I can trust him because, you know, this. But he really showed me that he was, like, my provider of even the tiny things. Not these big monumental, like, oh, I only have this much money and then God, or need this much money and then God provides it. It was like I had never really thought about in my teaching how God can provide that too and allow me to be sensitive to that and that really the joy that I have in him can come through in a smile, in a hug because these kids, a lot, most of them didn't speak English well enough to understand me. And so you really had to communicate the love of Christ beyond your words. Um, and so he totally provided that and showed me that, that he's my planner. I don't have to be my own planner. And it totally made me excited for this upcoming school year because I'm using some of those things as kind of my outlook in my teaching here um, and realizing like I can teach my students here these truths in creative ways not just with my words um, you know through what I'm teaching so I guess that kind of connects it
Okay. Okay. So, um, actually, I, it is kind of funny. I have I read exactly what Lizzie read this morning, and it was a big confirmation for me about what I felt like the Lord had, like, told me to share. And then also just, like, a lot of what I said, what I've, the Lord was dealing with me about while we were there. And then I also, like, came back and, like, left and went to Nicaragua, and he was still dealing with me, it with me there. Um, so not to blend my trips, but it just carried on. Um, but was a lot of what Glenn was saying this morning. And it was, I was reading a lot about um, sanctification and how it's not something that, like, we can just imitate. It's like, it's not us imitating Christ. It's uh, the qualities of Christ being, like, brought out in our lives because he lives in us and because we abide in him and we live in relationship with him. And so, like, the Lord is dealing with me about a lot of this, and so um, a lot of it's playing out because Lizzie and Rachel and Rachel all taught Bible study, but me and Aaron were group leaders, and I jokingly kept telling Aaron we were just going to wing it, and it was going to be fine because he was, he was like, I don't know what a group leader is, and, and I was like, well, we're just going to wing it, and it's going to be fine, and uh, I really was kind of winging it but um, because the Lord kind of told me to and just... Um, like Lizzie said, we were a little shorthanded on translators, and I got to be the group that didn't get one. Um, my translator was a 12-year-old boy, and which is like communicating with other like children through a 12-year-old boy is difficult sometimes, even though like he was really great and tons of fun, but like whenever you have something serious to say, you don't know if that's being like communicated well, because it's like, it's like is he really telling them what I said, or is he like, hey, let's go, like, anyway. So, um, the, I read this devotion whenever I got back, and I'm just going to, like, read a lot of it, because um, God really spoke to me through it, and the words are better than what, how I would be able to summarize it, so I'm just going to read it. Um, it says, we tend to think that if Jesus Christ compels us to do something and we are obedient to him, he will lead us to great success. We should never have thought that our dreams of success are God's purpose for us. In fact, his purpose may be exactly the opposite. We have the idea that God is leading us toward a particular end or a desired goal, but he is not. The question of whether or not we arrive at a particular goal is of little importance, and reaching it becomes merely an episode along the way. What we see as only a process of reaching a particular end, God sees as a goal itself. What is my vision of God's purpose for me? Whatever it may be, his purpose for me is to depend on him and his power now. If I can stay calm, faithful, and unconfused while in the middle of the turmoil of life, the goal of the purpose of God is being accomplished in me. God's training is for now, not later. His purpose is for this very minute, not sometime in the future. We have nothing to do with what will follow our obedience, and we are wrong to concern ourselves with it. What people call preparation, God sees as the goal itself. God's purpose is to enable me to see that he can walk on the storms of my life right now. And if we have a further goal in mind, we are not paying enough attention to the present time. However, if we realize that moment-by-moment moment obedience is the goal, then each moment is as, is, as it comes is precious. And um, I'm really a type of person that kind of needs to know what's going to happen. And I felt like I didn't. I, I don't know how to say this without it, if it's feeling repetitive. I felt like I didn't have that feeling of the need to know what was going on while we were on this trip. Like, I felt a lot of peace about not knowing what we were going to do and being okay with just swinging it, which, like, a lot of times people, like, I don't know how many of you know me very well, a lot of times people see me as a very go-with-the-flow person, and I kind of am, but I also have, a, like, a lot of stress inside of me about, like, but is it going to be okay? And so, um, um, like, to actually have a piece that, like, this is really going to work out and, like, knowing that God will provide all the way and not having a translator and having to talk through a 12-year-old boy is going to be okay and, like, just a lot of things and dealing with difficult children that don't want to listen to you, like, is going to be okay. And the Lord really did a lot of work through, um, in, in my life personally, just 
by being able to have that, that peace and like no stress because I'm like a stressed out person. And I was really able to enjoy the trip that I was very like, I don't know, kind of whenever we left, didn't know why the Lord had called me to go on it. Like, I was just kind of like, I don't really know what my purpose is here. And he kind of meshed a whole bunch of people from a lot of different places together. And um, I feel like a lot of why the Lord called me to go was to be able to build a relationship with one of the girls that was there that I was a, I'm able to relate with. Um, she was just a couple years younger than me. And we had a lot of similar background. And she still has a lot of, like, built up, a lot of things built up about the way that she was raised. And I was raised in a really similar way and was able to kind of encourage her and show her, like, you know, like, you don't have to, like, hold on to that. And we were able to share with, like, me and Lizzie were able to share with her about, like, being open and vulnerable about frustrations and, you know, like, just grace and all these things that, like, I was able to share with her. And so, I don't know. I felt unequipped, and so if I was going to say one thing that the Lord, I learned about the Lord is that he is the one that equips us to do what he calls us to do, and, like, there's no reason for us to have these preconceived ideas and uh, plans for what is going to happen and um, where what he's going to do. God really just tricked me going on this trip. You know, uh, you know, God gave me a clear word to go. And after I said, all right, God, I'll go, then he let me know it was like a VBS, <laughs> which, which is not my thing. But, uh, but anyway, it, well, still not my thing. But, but anyway, it was, uh, I mean, it was a, a wonderful trip. Um, so many things that were impactful in my life and um, you know I have a lot of of really cool stories from the trip and you know I you know just a a few things you know the um, you know coming home uh, you know we had a long way long travel to get home and I remember I don't know it was like the I thought it was the second to last flight but it wasn't and I remember looking at my ticket and, uh, man, I was in the middle of, like, this row of four, which I was like, golly, man, you know, I don't want to, you know, people that know me, I'd be just content sitting by the window and, you know, not talking to anybody. And uh, ended up, I sat in the middle of these people, and every one of them were Jewish. And, uh, you know, God opened this door, you know, and I shared Christ with everybody on my row, and uh, I really got to talk to them about their Jewish, you know, their religion and how they worship God. And, and like, you know, we exchanged contact information. And that was really a cool thing. And I really believe that after I got home, God showed me there was some significance um, in me meeting those people. But, you know, that was a, a, a very cool moment. And um, you know, I got to see these beautiful kids, and, and one of the founders, uh, John Franks, uh, Glenn's friend, was sharing with me uh, that he was having a conversation with the guy on the ground there that, that's part of the ministry, and he's there every day, and how they were having a conversation, and John Franks says, well, you know, what about all this, what about this community of people, what about these gypsies? And this guy that he was talking to is, is Romanian, and he goes, you know, John, you can't do nothing with a gypsy, man. You can't do nothing with these people. And he completely explained that away. And, and just because of the prejudice in his heart, because of their culture and skin color, well, in time, the guy on the ground, uh, he talks to John, and he says, you know what, I see you Americans spending all your time and money coming to this country, and God has convicted me. And he's like, man, I really believe that this is the, the field, the, the harvest, this community of people. And so that's how that got started. And to see those beautiful little kids, and to see how loving they are, and to just 
see how they are shunned and rejected in Romania just simply because of their culture. And, 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 and you know, anyway, it was just kind of like it brought that home to me, you know. And so that, that was an eye-opener uh, for me. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Really, the, the, the greatest impact for me was, you know, I really didn't know the team that we went with. I mean, you know, I, I knew Lizzie a little bit, and I don't know if I've ever met, you know, Kaylee or Rachel, and or I knew Rachel Austin, but a little bit. And, you know, man, we, we got on the van, we left from LC, and within just a matter of no time, I mean, it was just like they were all comfortable enough to haze me all week and prank call my room. And uh, But it, what was awesome to me is, you know, because, you know, these girls are teachers. You know, Rachel's a social worker. And, you know, they're confound to their workplace and, and their classrooms, you know, all week. And so our paths don't cross, you know. And so just seeing those girls... The, just the way that they God used them to impact these children, the way they impact the translators, this team of, of people that we were with. There was another group. We called them the Chicago group, you know. And uh, that's the inside there. Okay. But, uh, but these girls from our church, just really, God used them so much to touch every community that we uh, encountered. And, you know, I've been walking this, this experiencing God model out for a lot of years. But just to see these girls, to articulate abiding, man, I, I was being fed. And, uh, man, it was just so awesome to see that although my paths, you know, our paths may not cross, but just to, to be in community with these girls, uh, and, and to just be blessed and by them and to see God use them and to see the fruits of this ministry and this church, uh, the fruits of Glenn and Will and, and to see that lived out in their lives. Man, it was just great. And I think that was one of my biggest takeaways is to, to how blessed and grateful I feel to be a part of this body to be able to just step in someone's life and have that in common of loving God. And we just, we just had fun. You know, I, I don't, I'm kind of like with Kaylee. I'm, I don't even know why I went. But, uh, but I, I do know, man, God really just blessed me. I mean, I didn't do anything really just like Kaylee said. I mean, I found out my daughter read to me. I got this big old packet of information the day before we left that had me as group leader. And I was like, good Lord, you know. And uh, really, it was, I mean, it was probably the best job for me because all I had to do was just make sure the kids got from point A to point B. I, I did that. But, you know, I'll say this in closing. You know, and I know this because I just saw it in my journal recently, but, you know, God has been sending me all over the world since 2004. And I've, I never, not one trip, have I ever been, like, excited to go Really, it's been contrary. It's been, I've just never wanted to go. Not on one of these trips, you know, because of my job or um, my family or, you know, we all, money, whatever. And, you know, every trip that I go on, and, and this one is no different, you know, you would think that after 15 years of me, you know, pouting and, and being put out or bitter, about God sending me on these trips, you'd think at some point he'd be like, fine then, I'm not even sending you, you know? Or, okay, fine then, I'm not even going to bless you. And so, but I've been obedient. And I've gone on these trips, and every time I go, God just blows me away. Um, he adds to my life. He opens these doors to uh, these relationships that are just incredible. And, and so, I mean, I just say, I'll say this, I just want to encourage you, you know, I was thinking about what all I would have missed in my life if I had just explained that away, you know, for 15 years. And, um, you know, if there's something in your life that God is nudging you to do, man, do it. 
because God will totally blow your life away and bless you. Thank you. All right, Rachel. If you know me, I'm Rachel. If you don't know me, I'm Rachel. Hey. Um, so um, I've kind of been in and out of church for like a couple years now. Um, and so I was very, um, didn't know why the Lord said go on this trip, um, like most of us, I guess. Um, and I never heard of, Ro well, I heard of Romania, but I never like didn't know where it was, didn't know anything about it, uh, hadn't even thought about it. And so, um, yeah, but it was very clear that the Lord told me to go. Um, and it was in one of the roughest seasons of my life. Um, and it came exactly at the right time. So um, kind of didn't know why I was supposed to go. I was like, why are you bringing me across the world to do a VBS? I don't know. Okay. Um, but I knew that God was planning something amazing. Um, and so while I was there, or before I went, God was just kind of telling me, like, don't miss it. Don't miss everything. Keep your eyes open. Like, just live every moment. And so um, that's... The goal of what I did, and like um, through that, God taught me more to abide. And like um, through seeing the Bible study every day, um, God told me that kind of like what Kelly was saying, like every moment is so precious. Um, and so um, I built a lot of great relationships with the older girls. Um, they dragged me by the hand every day to eat lunch and breakfast and dinner with them. And I ate every meal with the same group of girls. Um, and it was so amazing just to see, um, their, their openness and their, like, love for people, um, despite, like, all that they were going through. Um... And by the end of the week, I kind of felt like I knew exactly what they were saying, even though I had no idea what, they're, what they were saying, because I just, I knew them so well. And God put in me, like, just so much love for them. And um, I had several moments with just some of the older girls where I would just hug them and... Um, I would like step back and we would call each other beautiful. And it was just a moment where I knew how I saw them it was the exact same way that God sees me. And um, that was exactly what I needed. <laughs> um, and so there was so much that I learned from this trip and um, God did a lot of my life. Um, but I guess, like, just overall what I learned was um, abiding and then that God is loving and accepting of us exactly where we are. And um, so, yeah, that's all. That's all I got. Thank you, bud. All right, so at the, at the close of the trip, um, my, my role was not to, I didn't think I was going to be at the camp at all, but I ended up spending most of my time with, with the children and the leaders. But the two things that God really did for me was, one, uh, Aaron shared this, but when we, when we got on the bus with a group from Chicago that we didn't know, immediately the Lord gave us favor. Uh, they noticed our group, that the togetherness that we had, the, the like-mindedness that we had, and they wanted that. And I didn't know what I, I was asked to speak to the group on Sunday morning. The Lord would not let me prepare. Uh, I had my computer, so I had every sermon I've ever written. So I knew I had what I needed, right? 
and God wouldn't give me any peace. I got up that morning and before long I started getting a little bit frantic. Like, God, I got to speak to the leaders, just to the leaders. And then in the, in the, in the worship time, before I spoke, God made it clear that all I was supposed to do is share grace. And the day before, we'd had numerous encounters with those people and they needed the message of grace. So I shared grace, simply shared abiding, and it was transformational. I mean, I had, even our own people were coming to me after and saying, man, that's the best I've ever heard, that presentation of those truths. It was so simple. We need to, you know, it's good to be reminded of that. And then the other people came to me, different ones, one-on-one. Man, it was such a God moment. One of the ladies said, you're so thankful to, that you spoke that way. She said, uh, you know, most of the time, we've been before and the speakers were not like that. I said, let me just make something clear. That was not me speaking. If that spoke to you, that was God. It was not prepared. I spoke it this morning as the Spirit spoke it through me. That was God speaking to you because he loves you. Uh, but it was just a, one of those moments right off the bat. And then I knew, okay, God, you got this. I was supposed to meet with the pastor that I really thought was going to be our like-minded pastor. I was supposed to meet with him uh, the, the next day, and he, he was out for the week. The guy that had the uh, Roma pastor, Roma, uh, who had planted the Roma church, uh, he was available. And he started reaching out to me like over and over again. Hey, yes, I want to meet with you. And I said, well, I'll be there tomorrow night. He said, well, I'm going on vacation Tuesday, but I'll, I'll open up some space for us to meet. And I'm thinking, who are you? Where's the guy that I met with last time? And, uh, I mean, he just wanted to meet with me. He was determined to meet with me. I thought I was supposed to get there on Monday. We arrived at the camp on Sunday. He was, we were going to meet on Monday evening. He had actually asked me if I, he thought I was a visitor in his church because I didn't have his email address. So I sent it through his website. And so he said, yes, our services are ready. I said, wait, I'm the guy you met back in where, whenever. Oh, okay, yeah. We'd love to have you come to our service, though. I said, well, I, I can't come Sunday morning. I can't come so Monday. But well, it ends up, they had planned for me to go on Sunday. So I get there, and, and, and it's going to be too late for the service. I told him I'd be by the service. So I texted him. I said, listen, I can't get there by the service. They were too late picking me up. He said, don't worry about it. Can I pick you up after? Yes. So he picks me up, and they, a totally different guy was there. I mean, same guy, but totally different person on the inside. God was stirring him for what I had to say. I spoke just a few seconds that night about my testimony, where God had taken me, and uh, how he, you know, I came, came to where we are in our distinctives, and he was lit. Couldn't wait for the next day. He cleared the schedule for the afternoon. We spent five to six hours together, face-to-face, and everything I would say, listen, I would give, I, I, first of all, I told my testimony, and it, it was where he was. Religious, stuck in the bondage of religion, no relationship with God, started talking about how God started opening me up and I became a nobody and all of a sudden God started having freedom to work in my life. That's where he was. He starts repenting. He starts giving testimony. He starts asking questions and every question led to the next point of abiding and I just, we just went through. The, we, it was just like God was teaching in the moment. It was exactly what happened when I met with Dario in Honduras. So I'm, I noticed a pattern. One thing I know about God is he is doing this. It's hard for me to believe that God is taking this little church's ministry and he's spreading it all over the world. We're nobodies. We're nothing. But in the moment I thought, that's the, that's the point. We, have, we are nobodies. We're not trying to make a name for ourselves. We're not out there trying to build, plant churches and say, we planted a thousand churches. God's telling us to go somewhere. We go there. We're not prepared. We're, God says, okay, get some jars and torches and you know, like he said at the beginning of, the, of the, my first trip to Romania, get your jars and torches and show up and do what I tell you to do. And, and that's where God shows off. And it makes sense, right? And so all week long, man, we were able to experience God in that way. So I want to close with just asking you to pray for some things, okay? Uh, please pray for these, okay? So write them down. This is so significant for us right now. I, I, I had a word from the Lord yesterday in Jeremiah. And, and Jeremiah's pronouncing the woes to, to, to a disobedient Jerusalem. We know where, where God's blessing is going to come from, his obedience. And God is using them to show his grace. But he tells Jeremiah, I am sending you to speak. You speak what I tell you to speak. 
Some people, they're going to turn to you, but don't turn to them. In other words, don't adjust what you say in order to get the approval of people. You speak the word that I've given you to speak, and that's all we're going to do at the gathering place. We're going to speak these same distinctives, these same biblical words, the simple gospel, abiding in Christ, the grace of God, and simple community. That's it. That's what we're focusing on. Speak those things, and some people are going to reject you. So we've got to be ready for that, and we've already, we've all been rejected. Right? We will continue to be rejected. There'll be times when we'll see people turn to us, and then the same people will reject us. We've had that happen.